Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Mrs. Myrie Haynes. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited for this interview. I love what you're doing out here as a woman, as a Black woman. And let us know, first of all, where are you from? What part of the United States are you living in at the moment? Well, I'm I'm from originally. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I currently, yes, yes. Kansas City Chiefs. I don't want a Chiefs, not <laughs> yes. But uh, right now, I reside in Arizona, so I am in the Phoenix, Arizona area, just in the suburb outside of Phoenix. Okay, nice. So I actually am doing some business out in Kansas City, Missouri. Really? Oh, yeah, that's why I was so excited. <laughs> so we'll talk some more probably later in the interview or off offline, right? About what I'm doing. But no, that's amazing. I found you on social media. I think we were in some type of challenge together with Neil Davis. And we were just recapping on how we came across each other's uh, Instagrams. And I just love what you're doing in the nonprofit and group home space. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. And, you know, I'm going to treat this as if this is a consult call for myself <laughs> um, and you could tell us you know what you're doing as a business coach right and how you're showing other people how to get into group homes and potentially doing nonprofits, right yes so, i love it love it love it so how did you actually get started in the real estate space as far as in the real estate space um it started with group homes really uh, I, you know, I had my own personal home that I had purchased before, but I had never brought bought like an investment type property. So um, the first property that we, um, th how we got started was a home uh, in a rural area in Arizona, an area called Prescott Valley. Um, we actually did kind of like a it was a lease, but it was kind of like a lease to purchase. She left it open for us to purchase it because honestly, when we got started in group homes, we were not in a position to um, to actually um, purchase a home. My credit was bad. You know, I had started another business. It didn't do well. And so um, the woman told us, hey, if you give me $10,000 down, and um, $2,500 a month for this home, I will allow you guys to do a group home. And normally I would say in that area, the rent was probably about $1,400 a month for the type of home. And, uh, but we knew we had to get into the group home space. So we went ahead and put the $12,500 down and started the group home. And then a year later, we bought the home. That's amazing. So that's kind of where I got started. <laughs> amazing. So you found this property. It fit the criteria of what you needed it to be for a group home. And you were able to pretty much negotiate your way into that arena in space, right? Yes. So, I mean, nowadays, how hard is it to convince somebody to do the same type of deal? Uh, nowadays it, it might be a little harder, but if I think, well, I know that things that have happened throughout my life has been God ordained, 
that situation, I met the woman at a women's retreat, a Christian women's retreat. And she was telling us she was going to sell her house. And my sister is her, is my partner. And my sister said, I don't want you to get offended. She said, but the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, you're not going to be able to sell your house. You should rent it to us until we're able to buy it. And the woman was like, no, no, I'm going to sell it. And I kid you not, four months later, she came back. She could not sell her house. And she came back and was like, hey, you know, she got our number through somebody at the retreat, called us and was like, hey, um, actually, I haven't been able to sell my house. She was like, so, you know, this is this is the offer I'm giving y'all. If y'all want to take it, then y'all can have the house. So, like I said, I just know that my steps have been, been our oh, my God. First of all, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. <laughs> Don't you love Holy Spirit? May. <laughs> Let's just, all right. So you don't really know me. I think we're going to be good friends. Um, <laughs> and I think that it, this is divine alignment. Yes. So the podcast, we not only talk about real estate, mm-hmm. uh, we also talk about spiritual development, of course, all Bible based content. So you came <laughs> to the right place. <laughs> God, God always knows. <laughs> right. You came to the right place. And some of the listeners, they're like, why does she talk about God all the time? Because, like, I need God, like, like air, okay? I need him. Yes. <laughs> Especially to navigate through business, right? Yeah. So people don't realize, like, you, I mean, in the last episode I put out last week, another kingdom um, woman of God and entrepreneur and investor in real estate, you need God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. Yeah. In one. Every day, all day, especially when you're navigating through real estate, partnerships, business, even the people you take on as clients. Yeah. Okay, I can talk about people. People go before (laughs) and work things out in your favor. And you won't even, you you know, you won't even know all the little pieces until people come back and tell you, be like, whoa, all of that was going on? Because he's been in, I mean, as far as Prescott Valley, when we started our home five years ago, Prescott Valley was um, 2.1% minority. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to give us issues with starting our home. They were, they were trying all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things. And it's like God just worked everything out to where we became a part of that community and they they were just like, wow, we're so glad we let you guys, you know, because when people hear group home, they're thinking, oh, you know, they question, well, are, are people just going to be running amok? Or are they going to be hanging out in front of the house? The homes that we have, you wouldn't even know that it was a group home, except that we tell you, because we run, you know, the way we run our thing, it's like God gives us the knowledge to be able to set things in place. And it's like, at first, we'll be like, whoa, you know, why, you know, people will ask us, well, why do y'all run y'all group homes like this? And then later on, something like regulations will change and it'll be something that is mandatory. And they'll be like, well, then y'all will start doing this a year ago. Yeah, because God goes before us. <laughs> God knows everything. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that, you know, we're doing this interview. Um, and it's so interesting. When I first 
became this um, dreamer about real estate and just having a vision for what I wanted to do in real estate, it was actually through doing a group home. I was like, I want to buy a group home. At the time, you know, me and my baby father <laughs> was looking at like a, a nine bedroom house in Newark. And I think they, yeah, we ain't gonna talk about that, but we broke up of course. And, um, I didn't get a chance to start the group home, but it's, it's definitely something that I would love to do, um, personally. Um, but I did, I was able to impact lives through working with other nonprofits as a real estate agent. I helped a lot of women and men leave shelters, get their, uh, stability and apartments and do relocation services. But the goal is to have my own or at least operate one through a house that I, I own, right? Um, so I love what you're doing. So let's say you take me on as a client. What do I need to get started, to get my own group home? Or what creative ways can we go about getting <laughs> my own group home? Well, well, I always start with the first thing, mindset. You're yeah. gonna have to do things you're, you're going to have to change your mindset because in order to do it and get it done efficiently and quickly, you have to be coachable. So I tell people that and people, oh, yeah, I'm coachable. And then we'll go back and tell them stuff to do. And they're like, well, why well, I got to do this? Or, or why would like I have an inspection coming up soon? I'm like, okay, so at this inspection, you need to make sure you have simple things some coffee, some donuts, you know, and some water. Some coffee, donuts, and water, why do I need? Because when the inspector comes, you want to make them feel at home. You want to make them feel comfortable. Well, okay. That little simple thing could be the difference between you passing an inspection and you not. <laughs> you know, it could be something in your home that wouldn't normally pass, but because you made that person feel welcome, because these people are hated in the community. They're coming out to inspect the home. They could, they can literally deny. It. So they're already on guard. Once you welcome them into the home and you do little things like that for them, it's like, oh, wow, they appreciate what I'm doing. It changes the whole person mindset. So that's the first thing you got to do. It's change your mindset to think, let me be open to whatever, whatever simple thing it may be, whatever granular thing it may be, let me go ahead and be open to that. So I do things to help people to change their mindset. One guy told him, um, follow this person, everything that they, um, they say, write it down, and every book that they have, buy it. And he would not do that. That's not being coachable. So things like that will go will take you a long way. I tell people, just being coachable. So that's the first thing I would say do. Secondly, we're gonna look at your finances. We're gonna look at your budget. We're gonna see if a group home, if it's sustainable with the income that you have, with your savings that you have. Because the thing is, you may not get reimbursement. We it took us one year. To get reimbursement. It took us a whole year. And that's paying for the house. That's paying for utilities. That's buying the people groceries. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Paying the mortgage or, or the rent or whatever. You're going to have to know that, hey, insurance may not reimburse me 
for six months, nine months, a year, like I said with us. And then once you get the reimbursement, it may not be the reimbursement you've been expecting. Yeah, We got our first reimbursement, my first check. We started our group home March of 2017. We got our first, our first paycheck from paying over 40 some thousand into a home. We got our first paycheck and our first paycheck was a thousand dollars a piece. <laughs> what? Right? My, my. But we were so excited because you know what that meant? We don't have to put out our own money on this home. Right. So we, we would have to sit down. We would have to look at your finances, you know, your savings. We would have to come up with a budget. This is how much potentially, you know, once you find a home, this is potentially how much you're going to be putting out. So I always like to kind of put those things up front, mindset, because you got to be coachable, and then also your finances. Then let's find a home. <laughs> you know, So there's homework to do beforehand. You may be attending some of the trainings that we have. We may have a mentorship program where we have Zoom calls uh, twice a month. So that might be something you know, that you come into just so you can kind of start changing your mindset and preparing yourself to own a group home. Mm -hmm. Then we go and we, we look for a property. Now, some people that come to us have properties. Right. They already own something. Or sometimes we've, we've made suggestions before. You, you living in a five-bedroom home and it's you and your son. Get you an apartment and make this money with this home. So we had people move out, <laughs> you know, if they could fin financially sustain that, move out or stay in the home until you get a client and then move out and run your home. You know, yeah. so that, that, you know, it just depends on the person as far as that. Hmm. You have okay. So, yep, I have a question because I'm going to treat this like I'm the client, that's all. So I actually have a home. And it's currently vacant. Uh -huh. It's brand new. Everything is in Newark. No, it's in East Orange. And um, I think it's about seven or eight bedrooms. Mm -hmm. It's a two-family with a bonus apartment. Three bathrooms. So it's, it's pretty much ready. Only thing, the basement's not finished, which is fine. How would I be able to take something I already own and turn it into a group home? Of course, there's licenses I have to have across. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you have to figure out what type of home you want to do. So I, I, um, I believe you said you were interested in doing like a maternity or uh, well, the original, right? So the original, I used to be in a motorcycle club years ago in my early twenties. Okay, <laughs> and our initiatives with the all female club too. So our initiatives was breast cancer and um, domestic violence. So I was thinking domestic violence, um, but. I don't think my location of where my property is would work for that because I don't really know now what I would, what's hype. But you can tell me like what options is in a very urban setting. So what, what, what's the, I mean, typically what would be the need, right? Right. That's what you, that, that's what I was about to say. You would need to find out what the need is in that area. You would also need to find out zoning. That's a that's a big thing. A lot of people buy homes and then find out, hey, this home 
there's no zoning in this area to do a group home. So you always want to do that. But because you already have the home, there would be like different options. Say if the zoning wasn't right with a DDD or or a, a state, um, I would say a state licensed home, then you could do something else with it because you already own it. So you could do like boarding, a boarding house. You could do uh, uh, like what we call a step up here in Arizona, which is kind of like when people leave the group home, um, you could provide housing for them. Mm-hmm. There's programs for that. Um, you could do, there's so much you could do, especially with a seven, eight bed and, and you already have it. You could go all kinds of different ways with that. Right. So I had, um, did a training or I was being, I ain't finished training, but I did, I started training. Right? Mm-hmm. And they show you how to, um, whether or not you own real estate, they show you how to rent other people's houses and I guess rent it out to step up programs, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So that was an option too. Or it could be an option, I guess, for someone that doesn't own real estate, but they have a, a rental lease or a corporate lease or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can definitely rent. The only thing with the state, it may not be the same if you are collecting money from people. But I know with the state, if there's any type of program where they are paying, like Medicaid, Medicare, anything like that, or private insurances, um, a lot of times you would have to have that in your lease. So you have to let the landlord know, this is what I'm going to do. Because like here in Arizona, they will actually check to see who owns the home. Mm-hmm. And then if that person isn't on the application, they're going to tell you, hey, I need a lease with this. With this, It's saying that, you know, PMG LLC owns this home. I need a lease with PMG saying that you can do a group home and it has to say that in wording in the lease. So, um, you know, you can do it. You can rent because like right to this day, every property that we do a group home in, we don't own. We lease some homes because we'll have people come to us and they'll say, Hey, we want to partner with you. Um, we have a home in this area and it may be a home in an area that we want to do a group home. So we'll, we'll check zoning, see if it's okay. And then we sign a lease with them to lease their home that way. And this is the thing. We've always been a business where we try to help the community. So say if these people are retired or, you know, we have some people that are school teachers, dad got sick. In Wisconsin, they had to go take care of that. And they were like, hey, we don't, we don't want to just rent our house to anybody because we don't want to be landlords. Well, we ended up leasing their home while they're in Wisconsin. We're doing a group home in it. It gives them money for their retirement, you know, to help them. Right. So we do things like that, not all the time, you know, but sometimes we partner people. Like right now, we have a deal going on where a couple, they have a property, they're retired. Like I said, we try to help um, our our people. I say that's <laughs> trying to help, you know, to have residual. You know what I'm saying? If they're So we teamed them up with someone who wanted to do a group home and could not find, find a property to buy. We matched them up. 
And then that person was now we're we're not involved in the deal. It's like you still got to have the credit. You still have to have the money. You still got to pay it. We're not assuming any responsibility, but we team them up so that person can get the group home and this person can get some some income coming in. So it's, it, we do we do all kinds of things just to, you know. Good. I'm going to do we need hey, everybody needs to be making residual income. Um, I'm glad you mentioned credit. Now, I'm assuming personal and and business credit, of course, you you should be able to leverage, but personal credit is super important. And talk about what the requirements are for for your personal credit to get into the space. To group home space, honestly, it just it it really just depends. Because if you don't have a home, you're definitely going to have to have a good credit score and some solid credit because you're going to have to lease a home. And nobody's going to lease a home to you if you are not, you know, nowadays. Like I said, me, honestly, when we got started, I think my credit score was 4.8. It was low. Mm-hmm. But that was God our day. So I can't God, say God worked it out. Worked. Right. That I can't say it will never happen because God can make things happen that are impossible, you know? Sure can. But on the norm, you want to have, you know, what, about a 680, <laughs> really? Because once now things are so tight when it comes to leasing homes and there's so many people out looking, you're going to have to bring something tight to the, to the tape. You're going to have to have a high score and you're going to have to have good income. And that's a pers- on the personal side. Right. And I was going to say, do they need to structure it as a corporate lease? So, you know, I've, I mean, typically, I, I show people how to set up Airbnbs. I have a couple of Airbnbs myself. So, but these are units that I own. So it is different from rental arbitrage. So, but for the rental arbitrage Airbnb people out there, they have to come with a package showing like, listen, this is my website. Right. With what my models are, or this is what we will be doing and the whole shebang, right? So what, you don't have to do that with the group home? You don't have to do that with the group home. No. Right. It's because they're going to they're gonna face it. They're basically going to base the lease on your personal. I'm just, they are. Oh, so they, you're just putting it in your name. But you're asking for the you, clause for the group. You can put it in your business name, but I'm just, t- based on my experience, people that are wanting, they're going to want a personal guarantor. So okay. you can put it in your business name, but they're going to want you to, and that's everybody we ran into. Right. That makes sense. So do we need to package ourselves when you're, when you're showing your clients or students, um, these methods, these creative methods, especially if you don't own real estate already, are how are they packaging or um, promoting themselves as a group home to get the lease under contract outside of the credit and the business um, mm-hmm. and the personal income? How are they actually uh, positioning and presenting themselves? Actually, we, we, I've never had anybody do that. Oh, Normally, okay. they'll base it on because... In this space, people know Best Care. And they'll okay. be like, hey, I'm partnered with Best Care. I'm going to do a group home, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of based on our reputation. Um, we've had people look us up, you know, check the um, 
the uh, Arizona Department of Health Services website, things like that. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this business is solid because they're teaming up with them. Got it. Know, we'll go ahead and, but we always tell the person, we are not assuming any responsibility. We're going to help them set up their group home. It's going to happen because we, that, you know, we, uh, when it comes to us, we're going to do our part. But that person, the business is theirs. Right. So based on, it's going to be based on what they do, not that scared. So we, you know, we get it straight with people, but they're like, oh, okay, well, you guys have done this. Yeah, we've done it a lot, you know, and, and the majority of the people, if they do what they're told, are successful. And we done had some people set up a group home and then was like, I don't think this is what I signed up for. And I'm like, no, this is definitely, I have your contract. This is what you signed up for. <laughs> and then they didn't want to do it, you know, because they got that first client that was SMI and the client was cutting up. And then they were just like, like literally, I've had somebody get one client and then say they didn't want to do it. That's I'm not only yeah, I'm like, that's not, the, to me, I I used to get upset when stuff like that happened. Like you have somebody, you put them in a position to be successful and then they kind of let you down. But now I'm like, it's like I release that weight because, you know, I'm going through therapy and all kinds of stuff. But I released that weight because I did my part. I did what I was supposed to do. I met my end of the contract. Now, because you, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I can't assume that responsibility. So I just, I learned to move past that. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Man, girl. <laughs> That's why um, I kind of stepped back from the coaching side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we got to edit this part. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole nother. We'll, we could always do that podcast another day. Yeah, it is. It is, girl. Uh, but we we want to help our people. We want to help anybody because that's, I mean, part that's part of our purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Helping others advance, winning winning souls to the kings, amassing wealth, but <laughs> helping others. It, it, you know, you can't take on their burdens and. You have to know that you did everything in your capacity to help them and not feel guilty if they don't succeed. Right. And, you know, everybody ain't built for this. They think they're going to come on social media and see somebody driving a Lamborghini truck and a Mercedes-Benz truck. I don't even know the name of the truck because I ain't heard it yet. <laughs> but they think after they pay somebody $10,000 or $3,000, whatever amount of money, mm -hmm. they're going to be living that life. Yeah. Without putting in the work. Yeah, and that and that's that's the thing. I I tell people that you can't live where I'm at now. I'm five years in this. You know what I'm saying? I done set up systems. I done did all of this. You can't do what I'm doing. When I started, I was working 12-hour shifts seven days a week trying to run my home. I was investing money every month. But now I now that I have, you know, accumulated some things, set up systems, hired employees, I have an awesome team. Now I can travel and I don't have to be in the office, you know, because people were like, are you ever in the office? 
Not if I don't want to be, because I don't have to be, <laughs> you know, but you have to work to get to that. And it may take somebody longer because, you know, people we talk to is like, dang, y'all only been in business five years. Y'all don't did all this. It may take somebody 10 years. Right. This is, you know, these are the steps that God, maybe I'm just, I don't know, I'm coachable. <laughs> God tell me what to do and I do it. <laughs> Again, that's a whole nother question. <laughs> Because God, I feel like he'd be uh, spanking me sometimes. Because <laughs> he, he, you know, sometimes I'll have even a, you know, a, a prophetic dream, we'll say. <laughs> He'll tell me, you should do this. I don't do it. And then I'll get smacked upside the head, sure. like, a couple weeks later. Like, well, if I would have did that, I wouldn't be here, right? Yeah. And it happens, like, yeah. all the time. So people, listen, listen to Mari. She's lying. She's lying. I'm sorry. So how can people work with you? Tell us what programs you have, some books that you might have um, so we can see if this is a good match, right? And I'm, and I'm over here. Look, I'm over here. It's viewing for myself, but, you know, I already know it's a good match for myself, but I know a lot of people are going to be loving this interview and they will want to work with you. So what programs do you have out now? Okay. So I have, I have from eBooks, I have one ebook that's out, I'll say, um, myself. And that is how to become a millionaire using group homes. Um, and then the feedback that I was getting is because I made the ebook from where I'm at. You get what I'm saying? Like duplication, setting mm -hmm. systems, doing things like that to build on your group home business and people was like well how do I start it you know so now I'm in the process of writing how to start a group home within 90 days okay so, I'm getting that yeah so uh the release date is I'm not a writer <laughs> I'm I'm trying girl try it's hard but the release date's supposed to be April 2nd okay. I'm getting there I'm getting there. I don't know if I'm going to have to push you back to my birthday. I'll push you back till May 3rd. I don't know. But uh, just getting the feedback from people, you know, I was like, okay, let me start at the beginning and let them know. So it's going to be kind of a manual. Okay. People can basically walk themselves through the process. Um, so it's on my website, bestcarehomes.com. Uh, you can go on there. You can get the, the, um, the book, How to Become a Millionaire, which is my scaling book, um, it's, it's out there already. And then you can do a pre-sale. The pre-sale right now is 47. I think that's where he said it, um, up until the date. And then it'll be $99. Because like I said, it's not just going to be a book. It's going to be an actual manual that can walk you through how to do a group home. And I was about to tell you, $47 is cheap. Yeah, but I'm going to get it now while it's forty seven dollars. But <laughs> for the public, you know. yeah, uh, and, and yeah. the people that buy it in pre sale, they're going to be the ones to get it first. So it'll probably come out the day before. That's what I'm telling people by six p.m. the day before. So they'll get it first, and then um, other people can order it. So then um, I do also have packages where if you want to work with me personally. Um, my high-end package where I basically set you up a group home, um, that is 50 grand. Okay. 
the hold your hand package is where you have access to me and I basically tell you everything to do. If you're having any, you know, issues with the with the state or city or county, you can call me. I can, you know, call them and work the situation out with them. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to know things you may know, you may not know while you're going through the process. So I can give you those little gems to help you get through the process quicker. That is 25000 And then we do have a mentorship, like I said, runs in the 90-day cycle. Um, that one is forty nine ninety seven. Okay. So those are my different packages. And then we have a la carte because we do policies for people, disaster plans, disaster bags. We do all kinds of things. So we have okay. a, a full, we're a full consulting business. I love it. And, and I love that you have the, the different packages where it's probably just mentorship. Then it's I'll hold your hand. Then it's I'll just do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the done for you package. I'm literally handing you 50K. Mm -hmm. Are you finding my house for me? That is what I do not do. Uh -huh. I assist. That's cool. Like if I have connections in the area, I mm -hmm. can say, hey, uh, I have someone that's looking for a group home and I'll position you to find a home. But that does not include But No, no. I wasn't expecting like you paying for the home. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that would be a separate cost. But um, so you might connect this and allow us to help us to network. Now, are you doing this in any state or is it just specifically in um, Arizona? Right now, the only state we will not do, but we're working on it, is uh, North Carolina. Really? Why, why yeah. not North Carolina? Oh, that's, you know, that's where everybody want to live. But like I said, um, we're working on it. We okay. teamed up with a couple of people there and we're trying to, because the thing is, we don't want to, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we take on somebody and we can't actually help you do it. North Carolina has been a monopoly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, they, it's been bad. Um, Texas is another one that's kind of opening up, but they have put, um, a thing in Texas where you couldn't put in an application for like so long. So I hear it opened up. We haven't had anybody come back to us yet. So, you know. So it's it's also very political. Too, oh, right? yes. Girl, yes. All right, we're going to have some conversations off the air. Because I do have so a few contacts. It's political, actually. Right, right. But it's politics within the state, within the city, within the county. It just depends on where you are at and who, you know, who has control over what. It's, it's yeah, it's it's a lot to maneuver through. And a, a lot of people are just like, oh, this is just so much, you know. And I'm like, it is because it's like they're, it's like they try to wean people out. Like they want to wean the people. The, so only the strong survive when it comes to group home because... If you want to get there, if you want to, like, right now, our average for each home, you're making $35,000 a month off of one property. So they're going to wean people out. Mm. Yeah, they try to, they, I mean, they, when I, that house, I could have bought the house if it wasn't going to be an issue. Because even after me and him broke up, or he and I broke up, the house is still available. 
So I met the owner. I already knew the owner. He fixed my car. But the city of Newark, of all places. Yep, I'm talking about Newark. They was like, no, we're not going to let. I'm like, it's already a blight, uh, blight area. Like, you already got crackheads running around here. So what's the <laughs> difference if I added a group home? Like, <laughs> and everything the people in the group home is that in danger, not y'all being in danger. But I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying. It's all they they control the zone, and then even HOAs. It even I don't know if y'all have a lot of those in in Newark. Not really. like. In other cities, we have those home homeowner associations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can shut it down. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so you you got to know how to maneuver between all of that because it's a lot. Yeah. So I do want to ask like two more questions. That's something I'm okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about nonprofits, whether or not you need, should be, or may consider, may get some more leeway operating as a nonprofit. Actually, let's start there. No, I am a nonprofit owner. Um, I actually help people set up nonprofits as well. Should they take that route or they, how should they structure the business? How do you think? If I, if I would have knew, uh, then when I knew now, I would have structured it under the nonprofit. It's just, we created our business and had it up and running for a couple of years. And then we, we had a mentor that helped us set up our nonprofit. So it was after the fact. So then when we um, obtained legal advice on it, they told us because of the way we were already structured and running, that they advised us not to try to put it under the nonprofit. Mm. So our nonprofit runs separate. Okay. Yeah. But you still have one in the separate. So what are the benefits of operating the group home through the nonprofit? Well, there's grants out there that you can receive uh, as far as, Depending on, you know, once again, depending on your city, state, county, things like that. But there are grants that that are available to where you're not using your own money. So that's that's a big benefit because say you get, uh, you know, a $12 million grant to do what you're doing. And you're getting reimbursement, girl, you're looking. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was like. Let me hurry up and start mine right for me. I had started one, but it wasn't done correctly. Um, and I'm probably going to start another one if I do go into this space um, with your help, of course. So <laughs> get ready for me. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there's so many perks and benefits of doing a nonprofit. And I do encourage everyone to look into it. Even if you're even in the real estate development space. Yeah. Do it. They give free material. They'll give, like, uh, it's a whole lot of things that I've had access to um, just during my research process. Um, and a lot of bigger nonprofits that are doing big things in the country that are building, like, apartment buildings, they're like, yeah. do the nonprofit. <laughs> it is. I, I, like I said, if I would have knew then what I knew now, it would have been great. But it was like, once we got rolling, it was like, okay, well, we'll just leave it as it is. So we still continue to to um, use our nonprofit. Uh, our training academy actually falls under that because we started a training academy. So that falls under the nonprofit. And um, basically what we do with the nonprofit is we supply. When you're dealing with, um, because our group homes are SMI, which is severely mentally ill. And that's the position we chose, you know. Um, 
some people don't have any income because they won't sign documents because they're mentally ill. So they don't want to sign. They may be paranoid, whatever. So our nonprofit chooses to donate um, hygiene products. So those clients that we get, they continue, you know, shampoo, body wash, things like that. Even though we supply it to people outside of our group homes, but that's just one thing that how we tie it into our group homes. So if somebody comes in, they don't have an income and, um, you know, then we help them out by supplying that through our group homes. And then we do things like uh, with the shelters, you know, the socks, things like that. So we do a lot of um, donating. Um, a lot of events that we have, we put under the nonprofit. And then that way, it's always funded. So we'll have brunches and things like that where we um, basically just networking events. We're bringing people together. We feel like we are um, relationship people. And so we're always trying to build some type of relationship with people in the community to bring people together. So anytime we have events like that, uh, we the group, the nonprofit will sponsor those events. And then that keeps a steady flow. And people give us donations all the time. That's know, amazing. So. Yeah. That's amazing. So the other court, the, and this might be the last question. And it's in regards to the licensing again. What are some of the things that would help, I guess, structure of your business all that stuff but how does one actually get approved for licensing and i know there's different probably types depending on the person that you are um servicing but for severely mentally ill group homes or maybe even um uh domestic violence like is it can you you talk about that process a little bit sure um basically with um the state um And like I said, it depends on what state you're in, but you put in an application, you have to get a business license in whatever city you're in or county, depending on one of our, um, our facilities is in a county where you have to have, um, a license. Okay. So we get a license in there. Um, so that they come in and inspect. So there's things that you have to have depending on what city, what county, what things like exit sirens, um, fire, you know, smoke detectors. Um, if you have more than 10 people in some homes or or maybe six people, depending on the city, you may have to have a whole sprinkler system because we have rooms with sprinklers in it. Mm-hmm. Um so once you get all that approved and inspected through your city or county, then you put in your application with the state. Okay. Um, you provide them with the information from the city. Once you put your application in, most times they will tell you things that you need. This is what you need, send this in, you know. Once you get all that in, they will deem your application complete. And then they will come out and inspect. So a lot of times you'll um, they'll ask for your policies up front so they can read through them. Because like our policies are about this thick. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they have to read through that. So a lot of times they'll say, hey, can you send us a digital copy or can you 
bring us a copy of your policies. They'll read through your policies. If there's anything that's not right, they'll contact you. You'll have to change it. Once that's done and your policies are clear, then they'll do an on-site inspection. And like some states, like um, I'll say North Carolina, for instance, they have accrediting um, companies that have to come out and inspect and give you an accreditation in order for you to get your license. So it just kind of depends on where you're at. Um, Kansas City, you know, it's just license, inspect, you know, that type of thing. So it's going to depend on where you're at, but those are the basic steps. Once you get inspected and you get your actual license, that's when you'll sign up with ever, what, whatever um, agency pays or reimburses. You sign up uh, here in Arizona, it's access. So you would sign up with access. And then once you get your access number, um, you, which is Medicaid, you're going to apply for private insurances if that's what you want to do. So we are signed up with private insurances also. So then that way you can have a multitude of referrals coming in. Yeah. All right. So I always, in my mind, I always thought you had to have the license first and then go look for the property. But you just need to make sure the property is in the area. I will say this. It depends on, because I know DDD, like uh, developmentally disabled, they can actually have a home anywhere. They cannot restrict where you put that type of home. So zoning does not matter. So that, their application in every state that I didn't, you know, work with is a booger. So, so you can actually do the, start the application process because that application process alone may take you a year. Oof. Yeah, it's, so they let you do that before you get the actual property. So that is one division that you can actually go through the whole application process, get the license, and then you get the home and tie it to the license. But the majority of the um, the programs, you have to have the property first because they want to know, you know, they want to see where you're doing it. You know, they want to know that it, it that it will pass and that you can accept people. But that home has to be ready. Right. Unless you're when doing, them, you know, like I said, the licensing beforehand, that home has to be ready when they come to inspect. Yeah, I think it was a woman in Pennsylvania, Philly. Mm -hmm. That was, I guess Philly is probably one of those places where you got to start the process. It takes a year. New York, I can only imagine because these are like highly densely populated areas. Right. Um, so, okay. Um, let's see, one of my questions went out. <laughs> but it was related to, because you had said something and it triggered it in my mind. It's all right. But no, um, so that's great. Everyone, definitely reach out to Myrie. I'm reaching out to her. I'm, I'm getting the book. Whether she, when she releases it. Yes. yes. I understand because <laughs> I've, I've been writing. So just a little background on me. And I'm, I, now that you mentioned, and I always had this in the back of my mind, um, I just thought it would be under different circumstances. My uncle, who um, recently passed away in December, he did have schizophrenia. And, um, his option was to go to the group home. He didn't want to take that option, um, but it's okay. He is now in heaven. He settled in heaven. 
And but if I ever do one and it's with mentally ill individuals, it would definitely be dedicated in his honor, you know. So that's something to think about. Um, I'm sure you're gonna give me the whole play when I sign up. And we're gonna we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it. So I love that that's your uh initiative and that's where your focus is and they definitely need it now i'm blessing it came back so as i started talking about it when you do have a, a a group home dedicated to those type of clients do you have to have supervised counselors on the premises not necessarily on the premises uh, you want to have a counselor because that is in most places that I've set up a home, that is a requirement. You have to provide counseling um, for people. So, yeah. So you okay. definitely want to have at least somebody contracted. Uh, we don't have any um, counselors that are full-time with us. We just have contracted counselors. And we have them in, because we have homes in like six different cities, okay. right? Yeah. So we have um, in the Tucson area, because it's two hours away, we have a counselor up there. Mm -hmm. We have somebody that does all of the Phoenix little areas around. And then we have somebody up north because we have three houses. Um, well, I would say two houses and one facility up north, uh, which is about an hour and a half away. So we just, you know, we just contract with people. That's awesome. And based on, I mean, not to get in your business, but no, based on what you've seen through research, mm -hmm. what would you say are the easiest cities to start a group home in? Hmm. Easiest. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, I'm it's part of on the time. Okay. <laughs> you hear me? I'm partial because I'm here in Phoenix. It's in Okay. So everybody here to be in Phoenix. Right? We're out to throw a group home every month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we done got it down pat. Right. You know, so, yeah. But we know North Carolina is a no. Oh, maybe. Because I love Kansas City. Kansas City is the bad. Yeah. Kansas City okay. process isn't bad. Okay. Yeah. I know Philly might be harder in New York, harder Jersey. Mm. But, you know, I lived in like a wealthy town once and they had like three of them. I'm like, I was shocked. Um, they had three. They still exist to this thing. I actually lived on a, at the corner of one of them. Like it was at the corner of my block. I'm like, that's interesting. But Newark, certain areas was a little iffy. Um, Bro, but there's has a lot of them as well. I was gonna say there's hundreds. Yeah, thousands. They just wanted to give me a part time. The devil's a liar. <laughs> thousands here, and they, and they, and they will. They gave us a hard time. We we have one in the city. Um, called Mayor. It's a, a rural area. Mm -hmm. Oh, they gave us the hardest time in Mayor. But now that we're up and running, they're just like, they love us. Right. But they get, girl, we went into a meeting mm -hmm. and it was about 13 people in that meeting and none of them looked like us. <laughs> and they each was like, going around the table, just telling us all the stuff we had to do and this and that. And it was just like, it took us a while, though, to get that facility up and running. But now that it's up, it's like, 
everybody in the community knows who we are because it's such a small city, you know? <laughs> You're doing great things. And I think that's awesome. So keep up that wonderful, amazing work. And by the grace of God, I just love that um, we're connected for once. And um, God willing, we'll be working together very soon. Yes, we will. And I was going to say, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, you're going to be at the Women Doing a Big event, correct? Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Start through the fifth. Yeah. Tell us about that event. I'm sorry. And I'm going to pop up there. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it is an event, um, Tiana Von Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, She's been doing this nine years. And so... Last year, we were able to participate in it, and we really just loved her her energy, her vision, you know, everything that she had going on. So this year, we decided to be her sponsor. So we sponsored this whole event um, that's going on in Newark. And so, you know, if anybody's interested, I'm pretty sure there's some on my Instagram, or you can go to T- Tiana Von Johnson, uh, her Instagram page, and pull something up. But it's just, it's, it, it was just so amazing. You know, last year, she, she does so much. <laughs> does. She packs a lot into that weekend. <laughs> and she's not new to this. I would love to say she's true to this. Like, when I started <laughs> real estate, the guy that hired me and his broker started in real estate with her. Oh, my back, God. back in 2011. So she's been doing this for years. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to meet her in person yet. We chatted a few times, I think, on Instagram. I was supposed to buy something. Oh, yeah. This is like five years ago. But I love what she's doing. I'm definitely going to come to the event. Um, yeah. So everybody, yeah, I, I forgot to mention, sorry. But everyone, definitely um, go to follow Myri on Instagram. Tell them your Instagram handle. It is the Myri Hayes. That's my Instagram. That's my website. That's my Facebook, that's what I do. Everything. Everything. So you can definitely um, follow me there if you need any information about uh, the women doing a big event. Just DM me. If you want to um, also learn about our different programs or to set up a call, you can always go to my uh, DMs and just put in mentor. It'll ask you a few questions and you can book a call. Awesome. So y'all better go to her web Instagram, load her up, ask them all the que- all ask her all the questions. Um, typically this would have been a great interview to do live so they could ask questions, but nope, go support. <laughs> flood her inbox with mentor and book a call and get her book. I think that's gonna be your segue into even more in the group home space. And um definitely consider mentorship and coaching and all that good stuff. All right, Mari. This was good. This was great. Everybody go make sure you watch the replay. Make sure you go subscribe to the Journey to Develop Her podcast and subscribe to the YouTube page. And you can catch this replay on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your other major podcast platforms. All right. God bless everyone. Goodbye. All right. Bye, Bye.